Welcome to the Prep Huddle Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Jeff Linder and Jeff Johnson, uh, part of our high school sports coverage at iowaprepsports.com. Uh, week eight, guys. Um, you know, we, uh, we, <laughs> we say it multiple times a, a fall. It, it seems to go so quick. And here we are, the regular season finale for the small schools coming up. Yeah, I'm, I feel kind of left out. One of you's got a golf course behind him. One of the other guy's on the beach. I'm just here sitting in my kitchen. So, um, uh, yeah, week eight, uh, just uh, another another season that's flying by. And, uh, uh, you know, where does it go? Uh, we, you know, I guess we've been more than anything, we've been really, really lucky, unfortunately, with the way the weather's been. Nice, like it. I like to be on a beach or a golf course, but it's been pretty nice. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, you just jinxed it. So we'll have a early snowstorm here coming up in a couple of weeks for Friday night for the playoffs, you know, route one for the big schools or and all that kind of stuff. So uh but yeah, it's gone way fast. Anybody else confused about the the staggering of the, the postseason start? Um, you know, for years and years and years, everything's been in sync, regardless of class. And, you know, is this the second year yeah. um, that we've kind of had this staggered smaller schools uh, having this introductory round, I guess? Yeah, year two of it. Um, yeah, uh, this is the week eight is last week for uh, for two way on down and then they'll play. Uh, Week nine will be their first round of playoffs uh, for for those schools, and uh, uh, for three three a four a five a week nine will be uh, week nine, just your traditional week nine for for the big schools. And I think the teams that don't make the playoffs in the smaller classes, they can set up their own games, right, Jeff? If they want to play right. a night, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Um. Well, let's uh, let's backtrack uh, to week seven. Um, you know, a, a few uh, big games, I, I guess you could say. Um, I'll, if you guys don't mind, I'll kind of start. Um, you know, I had what was expected to be a good game or one of those paper games. You know, where. Uh, Kennedy was five and one coming off a loss against uh, uh, Cedar Falls. Um, kind of banged up. Uh, Kennedy was pretty banged up a, a little bit. Um, Davenport West coming in six and zero, a great start um, there under uh, I believe it's Brandon Cruzy. Um, you know um, he's done some really good things. I think he was at Davenport North. Um, here recently and kind of pulled them uh, uh, kind of had one of their better seasons. Um, but uh, the, this wasn't, I think we all knew that they had two different resumes between the two teams. Um, Kennedy really manhandled them. Uh, it was 44, nothing. Uh, Kennedy scored on their first three possessions of the game. Uh, really ran the ball uh, effectively. Um, they had uh, uh, 338 
total yards uh, on the ground. Um, and then Vincenzo Gianforte threw for 162 yards on, on his own. Um, Jacob Doyle, kind of a reserve uh, running back who's been banged up part of the year. He ran for uh, 95 yards and a touchdown. Donovan Slick Driscoll, uh, he rushed for 91 yards. Uh, Anthony Franklin, uh, their starter, went for 61 yards. Uh, you know, they really spread the ball around because they could, because they, they pretty much uh, got a big lead, led 23 nothing at half, I believe, and, and won 44 nothing. Uh, nice uh, rebound for the Cougars. Uh, who have a tough one at uh, Johnston uh, this next uh, this next week, guys? What do you think? I was kind of thinking about this yesterday or the day before, whatever. Um, in five A, I think we've got a top four pretty cemented in no particular order: Ankeny, Dowling, Southeast Polk, and and Pleasant Valley over here on this side of the state. And then when you go beyond that, it just seems like there's, I don't want to say jumbled, but uh, I don't know that you can necessarily look at the resumes and think that anybody's better than anyone else and that any, you know, the old cliche, anyone can beat anybody on any particular day. Um, you know, Kennedy Cedar Falls over here, you know, you name it over there, Valley. Uh, Ankeny Centennial, Waukee, Waukee Northwest, et cetera, et cetera. Johnston, Urbandale. Am I wrong on that? I mean, do we do you feel like there's a top four and five A and, and everyone else is is a little bit below that? Or or am I is that just a total miss and an overreaction? I think you're absolutely right. And I think I think the quest for this next group of schools is to be in that five to twelve range and avoid to 16 and because 13 to 16 is going to play one to four in the first round and that might be a a one and done sentence for any anybody else uh yeah five through 12 or five you know maybe five through 16 or 17 i don't see much difference at all but i i do see a big gulf between four and five kj no, what do you think i i agree with both of you i just echo your your guys's comments there that uh uh, I think there's a, a huge drop off from that first level of teams, that first tier, and uh, and the kind of the muddled masses of the rest. Well, and I don't want to manipulate the conversation here, but I was able to see Pleasant Valley last Friday against Iowa City High and mm -hmm. uh, look really good. Obviously, uh, one handily, 50-51-21, I think the final was and. As we all know, I mean, that's a very unique old school approach that PB uses with uh, KJ. What did what did you decide we should call it? I don't know. The the uh, triple option, basically. Flex bone, whatever. Yeah. Right? Uh, beer triple option. There we go. Beer. Um, which is very unique uh, in this day and age, especially at the big school level. And, you know, I, I don't know uh, how that translates when you're playing, you know, maybe one of the other big three uh, that we already mentioned. It, it would seem to me that PB is a team that can't get behind by a couple of scores because it might be diff more difficult to uh, 
to score points quickly. Uh, maybe I'm all wrong on that, but um, yeah, I don't know what you guys think about that. But I mean, you got to give up, you got to give it up to to PV. I think clearly they're the the best team right on on this side of the state. Without, without uh, seeing them and, and comparing scores, I'd say yes. Uh, you know, we, we've all had PV ranked in that top four all year, and I think uh, I think they certainly belong there. No, I I agree. Looking at RPI, so Pleasant Valley just beat uh, Iowa City High, like you mentioned, JJ. So, uh, Linda, looking at your RPI. Uh, breakdown and if anybody wants to to view that go to the gazette.com uh and uh you can find that rpi uh listing that jeff does a great job with but uh you've got uh des moines dowling number one and then city high sitting at 16th and i know they've got a couple winnable games to get to six and three um assuming those hold could we see a City High Dowling matchup in the first round? Uh, if City High would win out, they're going to move up to 16. Some of those teams above okay. them are going to get beat. So uh, it's possible. I, I guess I would say it'd be more likely if, you know, if City High would lose one, they'd probably still be around 16 or so. But if they win awesome. both games, they're probably going to end up somewhere in that 11 12 range. Gotcha. Got Lindy, where, where do you Good. think Linmar fits into this thing? Just out of your curiosity. Who do they have left? They got Prairie in week nine. Who do they have this weekend? Um, you know, I suppose I should have looked that up. I'll effort uh, that. Linmar has Davenport Central. Thank uh, you. They host, host uh, Davenport Central this week. Uh, Prairie's probably a toss-up. Prairie might be a slight favorite over Linmar. Uh, if Lindmar's kind of in the same boat as City High, if they win both, they're they're going to rise. If they split, they're probably going to be right about where they are now. They're going to be right on that level, you know, 15, 15 through eighteen, just depending on what everybody around them does and how their uh, how their opponents and opponents' opponents do. Um, but uh, five and four, they they have a chance. Uh, probably about 50 50 uh, If they win out, that they're in, uh, and uh, you know, in, in the low teens. Uh, is it is Iowa City West still have a opportunity, and if uh, they're still holding on to one, is it a must win the next year? Yeah, uh, the problem with Iowa City West is they got Prairie and Pleasant Valley sure. <laughs> left. So win both of those, they're probably in split. Uh, split or worse, they're out. I I, I think I think uh, as far as getting in the playoffs, both of their their last two games are must win. Uh, they, they really, really hurt themselves last week uh, by kind of laying an egg last week against uh, Bettendorf. Uh, Lindy, you were at the Little Rose Bowl. I was. Right? I was. Uh, and uh, kind of a, a big rivalry between Regina and West Branch. And uh, if I remember right, Maybe a little one-sided this time around in favor of the Bears. Yeah, and I didn't realize this. Somebody else, uh, the, the uh, sports editor at the West Branch paper, uh, went back and did all the uh, this, the, the research. But uh, it had been 
2005 was the last time that West Branch beat Regina. So that's been, what, 17 years? Uh, they didn't play each other a lot of those years because, you know, not all that long ago, Regina was 2A and West Branch was 1A, and they, you know, they just didn't play each other. But uh, still 17 years. But uh, uh, West Branch, I, I called it a cleansing win for West Branch because it had been so long against Regina. Um, they're the better team. West Branch is the better team by – well, by, by 23 points, uh, they got an early safety and uh, just kind of drove the ball uh, on occasion and just played great defense the whole way and uh, won the game in the trenches, 23 um, nothing. And uh, they're a really good team. Uh, I saw uh, Williamsburg earlier this year uh, against Regina. So, you know, that's kind of a common opponent thing. And uh, I'd say they're pretty similar teams. And, and uh, you know, for West Branch, that's that's a compliment because I think Williamsburg's terrific. So, um, you know, I was, you know, a few weeks ago, we did kind of our area top five, regardless of class. And I, I think West Branch is in that group. And of course, they uh, they traveled to Wilton this week um, and I think for all uh, Intents and purposes. Uh, that's uh, they're probably going to hit the. They're going to enter the postseason uh, unbeaten. I would say, uh, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Wil Wilton's out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, probably uh, stumbling a little bit. Um, and, you know, they're probably looking at who who they might play in a a five versus five uh, post post district game. Uh, West Branch has a lot to play for. Uh, imagine, you know, I, I don't know how it works with, with high school teams. I imagine they'll play everybody and, you know, maybe play everybody for a half and just, just get through it and get into the playoffs. Uh, you don't really hear much about that in, at the high school level about people resting their starters or anything like that the week before the playoffs. But uh uh, yeah, I think West Branch will take care of business against Wilton and um, play some four-seed at home uh, in a week. That 1A, guys, um, wrote about it in the Rewind, I guess, in Sunday's paper. Man, how weird is it that, you know, we had Dyersville Beckman ranked number one about a month ago. Right. And legit so, on my dad, or I should add, um, and the Blazers aren't even going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it was incredibly hard district for one. You had five really good teams. And uh, there were some unavailable players for uh, non-injury reasons that have really hurt Beckman here the last two weeks, both losses. Um, and they – right, Jeff, do I have that right? They're officially out, correct? Yeah. Matt, Matt. They're absolutely out there. A game behind Cascade and Sumner Fredericksburg, who um, two and two, Beckman's one three, Beckman's lost to, to both of them, so they would lose a tiebreaker to either of them. So, um, and by the way, they've got to play in the Felmar Mac this week, too. Yeah. So, I don't know who, which of those kids are going to be back this week. Um, if they're not back, then, then it's probably going to be ugly against MFL. And what a job. I mean, what a great job. Uh, MFL is really, I mean, you talk about a 180 
in what four or five years, guys. Uh, that program went from, you know, uh, perennial loser to uh, annual playoff qualifier. Uh, and Dan Anderson up there and his staff, and it, I just find the the job that they've done up there. I mean, just just phenomenal, just great. Uh, I don't yeah. know. No, for sure. And I remember going up there uh, when they had a couple battles with uh i think it was edco yeah. um at the time and uh i think they might have had uh, uh unbeaten regular season um like i said this was a, probably about two or three years ago um but one of the things that they kind of mentioned was you know our kept pointing to towards the junior high kids and how dominant the junior high kids and sometimes you hear that and you're kind of like yeah, but it's junior high, right? You know, it's like, you know, how does that really factor in? But, you know, he, he just kept, you know, asserting that, uh, hey, the, this group of kids that we have coming up are going to be really talented. And they have, are they probably the most quiet six in one team? Um, maybe because they're tucked, uh, tucked up in that Northeast corner and you just don't see a lot about them. But, you know, they've, uh, won six straight um, games after losing a really close one to a New Hampton team that's been on the kind of on the cusp of the top ten. Um, what in two A is it two A that North yeah. New Hampton's in? Um, and you know I know they had a forfeit win against Osage, but then they beat Columbus Waterloo Columbus. Uh, they uh, just beat Cascade thirty three twenty. So. Uh, you know, they've really put together a good season and um, just kind of go about their business. And this is something that uh, I think a couple of years ago, they realized they were going to have some sustained, sustained success uh, with the uh, athletes that were coming through the, the program. Momentum, right? I mean, once you get that momentum and, and you win for a couple, two, three years, everybody gets excited and, you know, your younger kids, as you mentioned, KJ, they get excited. They want to take part. They want to be part of this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really been been fun to watch. And uh, you know, if I remember, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you, you kind of bring up a good point. And I, I think coaches understand the importance of this. Um, and it's not just it's it's not just football. It's it's wrestling, baseball, softball, sure. everything. When you have when you have success, and then you even follow it up with a second year uh, of being really good, and you kind of tie those together, uh, you get there's a different kind of feeling in the hallways where you know teachers are like, "Hey, uh, you know, good game, you know, what'd you guys think about the game Friday night? You know, what's it going to be like this Friday?" And you have parents that are a little bit more engaged because there's success right um so that it's almost contagious um and it spreads you know parents are more involved parents are more excited uh that causes the, the players to be even more excited you hear that from teachers and classmates people in the community and then guess what then there are some individuals that are athletes right not necessarily your football players, but you have athletes that 
can bring certain things um, to the team. So say you have a really fast tracks, trackster who does, isn't necessarily a football player, but you get this excitement and you, you build this energy and people want to be a part of it. They want to be involved. So then all of a sudden you get this kid come, coming out to be a part of something like that. And then you realize, oh, this is a kid that we could just let loose down the field. And as long as we don't underthrow him, this is a weapon we didn't have before. And it makes you that much better. Or it's a kid, um, you know, uh, maybe it's a basketball player that, you know, you realize, hey, this is this kid's 6'3". You know, we could throw something up. We could throw jump balls to him and, you know, that's going to make us better. Or, hey, you know, this kid was a wrestler and he didn't really think about playing football much, but we can put him up front and, you know, this is going to solidify our line because he wants to be a part of this program that's having success and having this fun. And it's just something that kind of, builds on itself and I think you bring up a really good point I think that's a little bit of what uh what's kind of something that Dan Anderson is kind of uh fostered there at MFL oh wait MFL MFL Marmac can't upset the the other folks don't just call it MFL it's got to be MFL Marmac So it's all you've touched on this, and it's just amazing how much a football season or a football team can set the tone for a school year at a school or in the community. No, well, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, and speaking of uh, you know, MFL Marmac, they had a big win uh, last week against Cascade. Are there any other uh, scores out there that we haven't touched on that uh, kind of stand out to you before we move on to a look at, uh, at week eight. Oh boy. It's been so long. It's been five days. Well, a couple that kind of stand out to me, um, not just in the area, but on the kind of on the uh, periphery. Uh, Don Bosco um, with a 35-32 win over Gladbrook Rhinebeck. I think that was a big game and an eight-player. Um, you know, uh, just kind of looking down the line, Iowa City Liberty. I think Liberty uh, in Fort Madison, that was another one of those um, kind of like Kennedy, Davenport West, where they came in with really close records but two vastly different resumes. Um, and uh, Iowa City Liberty won uh, dominantly, forty-nine uh, nothing. Um, Minneapolis Durant. Um, that was a game. Uh, you know, I think by I think really looking at it, two evenly uh, matched teams. But Meepo came away with a twenty-eight-eight win. Um, in that one, but uh, you know, uh. Speaking about that uh, imbalance in the Eastern and Central, I think uh, the Southeast Polk Prairie game kind of showed that a little bit. Southeast Polk winning 41-0. But anything else uh, uh, that stands out? Oh, Sigourney Kyoto, I'll say that one last time. Uh, They beat uh, Central Decatur, which I think clinched that district title up for 
for the uh, for Sigourney Kyoto, which started 0-2 and, and has uh, just kind of followed by winning mm -hmm. uh, five in a row. Not to beat a dead horse, but and I know I talked about it earlier, but the, the score that really, really stood out to me last week was was uh, Bettendorf and Iowa City West. Guys, I think, um, too, just how Harlan just took ADM to the woodshed, 42 oh, yeah. seven. Um, What was that rank? Well, uh, in our rankings, what, the one in three? One against three? I think uh, so. In, in that class, in 4A, uh, or 3A, excuse me. Um yeah, Harlan, Harlan's kind of good, <laughs> you know, so had that last week. To... None of us vote in the uh, AP poll anymore, but I saw one of the AP voters had ADM number one this week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody's a diehard ADM uh, uh, believer, I guess, huh? <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, I think Montezuma beat uh, – Somebody, yeah, uh, on like a last second field goal, which is so unique for the eight player game to me. Yeah, right. Um, so you know, Monty, Monty looks like it's it's certainly back. Sixty four, sixty two. Just looking at the final score here, so uh, looks like Monty's back in uh, at six and two. Here looks like a a pretty solid solid club. So. Uh, a couple in the metro area um, to point out uh, Marion with a 14-13 homecoming victory over Decorah. Um, you know, a nice win for uh, the Wolves. They're three and four, um, you know, and uh, I believe we got a huge uh, touchdown run from Alex Moda um, that kind of helped them there. And then Cedar Rapids, Washington went to Newton and uh, pitched a 21-0 shutout against the previously unbeaten Cardinals. Um, you know, that's uh, that was a game, you know, Washington's kind of, you know, they're, they've got their back against the wall. They've got to win out. To, or I think they could go – I think we figured out they could go one and one now in these last two weeks after that win against Newton uh, and still get in. But two big wins in a row for Washington – over Clear Creek of Mana and then uh, Newton. And that kind of takes the luster off uh, uh, this week's game when Newton comes to Saints Field um, to face Xavier for district title in hand. Uh, is Xavier going to give up a point the rest of the season? Uh, that is a good question. <laughs> what, what is it? 17, 17 straight quarters that uh, they have not given up uh, – they haven't given up a point. Goes all the way back to I think the third quarter of their game against Waller. Wow. And that was uh I was there that night. I sure don't remember Waller scoring. It was that loud. <laughs> anyway. So well, Jeff, when it comes to that, um there's six districts, right? Guys in, in 4A. Mm -hmm. Um 16 get in. So Basically, it's the six district winners that will host home games, and then two others. Or I mean, yeah. is it, is RPI come big into this, or how's that? I think I think that um, the the association tries to um, have the um, the RPI determine the seventh and eighth uh, host as well. Okay, at least they should. I think. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what they're looking at. Uh, six ho or six uh, district champions are in, six runners-up are in, four third place, well, four uh, the next uh, four RPI teams. So, oh, I had that written down somewhere. Um, let's see, trying to look here. You guys, you guys talking, I'll, I'll figure it out here. Well, I was, I was well, just wondering what the odds are. are. Those, I was just going to say, out of those at-large bids in 4A, boy, you think they'd have to come out of the, uh, was it 4A4 um, district with Carlisle and Von Durant, Farrar and Indianola and Norwalk. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they've got four teams in the top 13 in RPI. So two of them are automatically in. I, I would think Bonder, I, I would think uh, they might get four in. So that would be two. Um, uh, Washington, Newton. Uh, you know, Newton might get in if they can, if they split their last two games. Uh, but it's not easy for them because after this game with Xavier, they, I think they come to Clear Creek Amanda too, and that's that'll be a tough uh, chore. The end of the the end of the season has really been uh, their schedule is, uh, I guess, bottom heavy um, when it comes to those last three weeks uh, for Newton. I was just kind of hoping, coping for a doubleheader at Kingston Stadium in the, in that first round. But that might not. That probably won't happen. Washington will probably be on the road. That would be your guess. I think uh, I don't see them getting into the top eight. Okay. Um, I'd say that'd be pretty unlikely. Um, you know, one team that uh, I think is is kind of a sleeper right now is Western Dubuque. Yeah. Um, get a good test this week. Uh, I think we'll we'll figure out a lot more with Western Dubuque and uh, Waverly Shellrock um, this Friday. Uh, but right now, um, after starting 0-2 against Xavier and North Scott, uh, Western Dubuque has run the table, including that uh, thrilling win over uh, Liberty. So, you know, uh, you guys, you think maybe people have kind of – Kind of slept on Western Dubuque a little bit. Yeah, and coach, you know, Coach Horner, he's a great coach, and, and obviously they've won a state championship. So, I mean, that guy knows what he's doing up there, and they have a lot of athletes. It seems like every season, and um, you know, it just seemed to when they went to to Brad Harris at quarterback, it just maybe solidified things offensively a little bit. I don't know. Um, you know, he helped. He threw the touchdown pass at the end of the game to to win for him in in week three uh, over Liberty. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a team with an up arrow, no question about that. That I'm sure nobody wants to see uh, against you know in in their bracket, you know, in uh, in the first round for sure. You know, you talk about the butterfly effect. So they're owing to. Uh, Say they don't complete that pass and Liberty holds on to win. They start 0-3. Is Western Dubuque where they're at right now um, in their season? That's why I find it so fascinating how little things throughout the year, you know, 
Uh, yeah, it's big because it won a game, but man, think of the different directions that team could have gone had that not be completed and they not won that game. You know, it's just amazing how things like that occur and it really is kind of a fork in the road where you end up going right and it's smooth traveling. Uh, had you veered left, that's a bumpy road and maybe in a ditch. And it's that's uh, pretty cool to see it work out for Western Dubuque. And, of course, they've, they're at Waverly Shell Rock uh, this week. Uh, number two ranked or three ranked? Two. Waverly Shell Rock. Number two, two Waverly Shell Rock. So, and, and to kind of leapfrog on what you said, you know, when a team gets to be 0-2 or 1-2 and, and they're kind of outside the – neck of the woods here it gets kind of easy to just kind of forget about them and set them aside and you know look at the next uh shiny little rock that's that's here next to us so oh, this team here's three and oh we better start uh focusing on them and you know sooner or later you know bang western dubuque's won a few games or or walk-on's not only three anymore and right you know, what we've done with williamsburg year after year oh so well, Eight and three, and they're in the dome. They, they must be pretty good. You know, <laughs> that team that was zero and three to start the season. So, um, you know, and, and I think that's just human nature. You, you, uh, you know, you, you know, we, we all do our rankings, and the teams one and three, and you just kind of forget about. Them. Yeah, what's the old the old saying? It all all comes out in the wash anyway, right? That's so. right. Uh, so this week, uh, I know um, I'm going to be uh, in the Metro for a couple games. I will be at uh, Kingston on Thursday night for the uh, matchup between uh, Marshalltown and Cedar Rapids Jefferson um, here in week eight. And then on Friday, I will have that, uh, uh, was it uh, 4A District 4 uh, game at Saints Field between Xavier and uh, uh, Newton. Um, Xavier wins. They uh, they clinch the um, district title. Newton uh, needs to win it uh, to still have a chance. Or would that clinch it for? No, I wouldn't necessarily clinch it for them. Um, but it would go. Uh, it would help their cause going into week nine. Um, where are you guys uh, heading to uh, on Friday? I'm going to be in Manchester. I'm looking forward to this one. Independence and uh, West Delaware, uh, one of the three district titles, uh, is online there, and I look forward to that one a lot. I think it's going to be a really good ball. Yeah, West Delaware is another team, right, guys? It's, that's kind of um, shaking off a, a slow first part of the season and, and seems to be playing real good football right now, right? So, Yeah, and the interesting thing, you know, just the – kind of harp on a previous point that we made um you know the ending with uh western dubuque we mentioned how that was kind of a catapult um what about uh independence you know i think they lost their their first game to uh davenport assumption and then they have that hail mary at the end of the clear creek game um that they converted on and you know, 
they've uh, won, what, six straight games. So, you know, if they don't convert on that or they don't win that game, well, you know, who knows where uh, where their season ends up. But instead, it, it's really propelled them into um, a really impressive season heading into this game with uh, uh, a rival in uh, West Delaware. I think Mitch is Mitch Johnson uh, was he missed that first game with an injury uh, against Assumption. So I imagine that um, had a lot to do with it. He might add something to do with it. Um, but you're right, KJ. I mean, he's you know complete that hail mary, and I think then that was that game gonna go on in overtime. Yeah, I don't remember if it was tight or or what. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know and. And then, contrarily, you look at Assumption, and Assumption is uh, has a losing record right now, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. which is a very tough schedule, of, uh, you know, that the Knights have had, no doubt about that. But, yeah, are you right? I mean, we talked about earlier how, how important it is to get off to a good start for for uh, for a lot of teams, mm-hmm. and you got to give credit to the teams that didn't get off to a hard, to a good start and have, you know, come together uh, at this point in the season. So, um Jeff, you got that one. You'll be up to Manchester. Uh, I'm going to stay in town Friday night at Kingston. Man, I don't think – I don't know if I've covered a game at Kingston all year, to be honest with you. I um, have to think about that. But anyway, uh, Washington and Oskaloosa, and I believe if Washington wins, Washington has clinched a playoff spot. I think that's uh, – Jeff Lenardi Jeff Linder here – is that accurate? Washington wins. Washington is in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Who do they got next week? Um, Pella. Pella. Yeah, Pella. Yeah, they they uh, they win. They, I think they'd be in with a win. Okay. Should I call you Charlie Cream Linder instead? No. No. He's the ladies basketball one. So. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. I I uh, I'm not that good at it. <laughs> KJ, where are you going to be Friday night? Well, I'll, I'll have uh, Newton uh, at Xavier um, with that, uh, that 4A4 title um, on the line, or at least up in the air for, for Xavier to clinch it. Like we mentioned, uh, Newton's coming off a game where they got shut out by Washington, and uh, Xavier has gone 17 straight quarters without giving up a point. Um, so we'll see how that, uh, that plays out, um, at Saints field. Uh, some of the other games of, of note, uh, Prairie at Iowa city West Prairie looking to bounce back after that loss to Southeast Polk, Iowa city West, um, needs to pull off a couple upsets to keep their postseason hopes alive. Uh, we mentioned, uh, Linmar, um, looking for a win against Davenport central and they should be heavy favorites. Uh, Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon looking to keep things rolling. Um, you know, they had another uh, big win last week and they host uh, DeWitt Central uh, and then Grinnell at Solon. I believe Solon has a chance to lock up uh, their district title. Um, Lindy can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, and then uh, Kennedy at Johnston. That's a big one uh, for the Cougars. I know talking to Brian White, uh, he kind of mentioned after that Cedar Falls game, 
every win was crucial for them because they want to be able to start the the postseason at Kingston and and maybe even try to get two games there. So they're going to have to uh, win, and that that would be a quality win for for Kennedy to go over to Johnston and, and come away with a win. Uh, Marion is at Mason City, um, City High at Davenport West. Uh, Liberty is at Burlington. That's kind of a record-wise, that's a sneaky good game, um, even though I would think the way Liberty's playing right now, uh, they should be able to continue that, um, their role. Uh, and then Regina's looking to, to bounce back against Durant, um, who I think uh, lost last week um, as well. Uh, kind of a fun thing to mention, you know, Central City uh, beat West Central uh, pretty big uh, last week. And now, uh, for people in the area, if you didn't know, Hiawatha is going to go play at uh, Central City, but not quite the Hiawatha that uh, you might be thinking of. JJ, you found out that that's an Illinois team that's coming in uh, to face Coach yeah. Myers' Wildcats. Yep, uh, it's a small town, kind of near Rockford, Illinois. And Matt Matt Myers, the Central City coach, is uh, from a smaller town uh, up around in that area. So he went digging for uh, an eighth opponent here in the regular season, and uh, went back to his home state and his home area to to uh, to find one. So uh, that's pretty cool to me. Uh, see how uh, see how good you are playing against uh, uh, an eight player team from from out of state and get you ready for for the playoffs if you're Central City. So yeah, for sure. Um, and then one other one with district title implications: Albernet at Columbus Junction. Lindy, if Albernet wins that, the district stairs, right? Well, win, winner wins the district. They're both winner wins the district. Okay. They're both so it's for all the marbles. That's right. <laughs> and how, about, how about those Columbus Wildcats? Undefeated. Yeah. So, and, you know, if, if they would uh, beat Albernet, that'd be a really good statement. I imagine they'll be in the top 10 next week. Wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, make sure you to uh, uh, visit thegazette.com for all of our stuff during the week. Our four downs are up um, from yesterday. We, we touched on everything from which class has the, the deepest, which class is the deepest with quality teams. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Xavier's scoreless streak, uh, which – I think it is about as impressive as the North Tama uh, team. I think it was 2011 or 2010, right around there. They went 14 and 0 and had seven shutouts um, during that season, including a semifinal shutout. So uh, this streak is uh, is pretty impressive and kind of mirrors that uh, that feat. KJ, I'll, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I mean it. it Primarily, it's a defensive achievement, but you also have to look at, okay, it also means that uh, your special teams are doing a good job because you haven't given up any special team scores. Um, yep. Your offense isn't turning it over, which leading, you know, fumbles or, or pick sixes or whatever. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, to me, this is kind of an all-around, obviously defense is four-fifths of it or whatever, but uh, yeah, other parts no, of the but game. You bring up a – 
you bring up a perfect point. There are other ways for teams to to get points or even yeah. set things up for a field goal, you know, and uh, that, that's not happening at all. And um, that was big. And then we also talked about uh, our favorite concession stand uh, <laughs> uh, fair, which I, I think that's pretty cool. Obviously, JJ going with popcorn, uh, Natty Ford, uh, his reliable M&Ms. Uh, I thought it was funny. It stoked uh, some interesting conversation because one of my favorites was a like a turkey dressing sandwich that I had once at Dyersville. And I found out, I think it was their principal that uh, tweeted me that uh, they can't make it anymore. Um, probably because of the, the guidelines on prep, food preparation with COVID and stuff like that, I'm assuming. So um, you guys can check that out uh, at thegazette.com, especially with all our uh, game stories and previews and rankings and, and stuff like every week. Uh, you guys want to play a who's got more really quick before we uh, kind of get uh, JJ on? And I, JJ and I still have to make our uh, survivor pool pick. We're oh, change, all right. Go ahead. We're going to change things up while JJ looks for a game. We're going to change things up for the postseason. Uh, th- is this is out? Uh, no, he, he, he's got Waverly or Western Dubuque. Oh, um, yeah. I'm going to go with – I don't know anything about Hiawatha, Illinois. So I'm going to go with Central City over Hiawatha. JJ, uh, <laughs> you go with whoever you want. What we're going to do in the postseason, we're going to change our survival, survivor pool up uh, here. you got to pick a game that you're most, that's most likely to be within two touchdowns. So you pick a game. If, uh, if it ends up within 16 points either way, you're still alive. If it's a blowout, you're out. So and you got it's got to be a playoff game. Do I get to come back in for the playoffs, or do I have You're to sit in the, for the playoffs? You okay. bet. Them. <laughs> New game. Lonely sitting over here on the bench. <laughs> New game. I think this will be a little bit more, uh, no more challenging. Okay. Lindy, I gotta, I gotta ask you what class I have left. I know I do this yeah, every. We're back. You can go any class. We've all used our seven classes. Oh, so we hit all. Okay. So you just any- can't use a team that you've already used. All right. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, I'm going to go uh, City High over Downport. Well, haven't I used City High? You've used City I mean, High when I played Jeff. All right. Then I can't do that. I'm going to go Atomwa over Des Moines North. All right. That's fine. I hope you're wrong. I like the polar bear. I do too. I do. I hope I am too. They got four wins this year. They got, are they four, four and four and three? Four, uh, I, they need one more win for a winning season. So okay, polar bear. They do it. Yep. So. All right, AJ. Who got more? All right. Who's got more passing touchdowns? Mason Neighbor of Albernet. Graham Beckman of Iowa City Liberty or Joey Romberg of Mount Vernon? Ooh, man. I'm guessing they're all three really close together, too. Uh, that is true. I'm going Joey Romberg because I think he had six last week. Uh, so, yeah, there's my guess is Joey Romberg of Mount Vernon. All right. All right. I was going to go that way. I'll, I'll go uh, I'll with Neighbor. Neighbor? 
Uh, neighbor has 19. Joey Romberg has 20. Graham Beckman with 22. Wow. Sorry, Liberty Graham. Quarterback by two, and he actually leads uh, 4A, I believe. Okay. He's uh, leads the entire class there with 22 passing touchdowns. Uh, the team, this is the team stat. Uh, which team has more all-purpose yards? All-purpose yards. Is it Western Dubuque, Waverly Shell Rock, or Cedar Rapids Xavier? And obviously, Western Dubuque and Waverly Shell Rock play each other this week. Jeff? Uh, I'm going to say um, all-purpose yards. Does that include kickoff returns and punt returns? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Well, nobody ever kicks off to to, to Xavier because they don't score. Um, <laughs> I'll say Western Dubuque. I'm going to go. Uh, let me see. Not West. Let's see. So, so is Western Dubuque Xavier? Who was the third one? Waverly Shell Rock. I'm going to go Waverly. Okay. Uh, Cedar Rapids Xavier, even though they don't kick off to him a lot. They do teams do punt to them a lot, um, but Xavier's at three thousand fifty-five. Western Dubuque is at three thousand three hundred thirty-five yards, and Waverly Shell Rock is at three thousand two hundred and fifteen. So the Bobcats are number one by one hundred and twenty oh yards Jeff. over the. Oh boy. Okay, so most sacks by an individual <sighs> is it Chase Mahoney of Cedar Rapids, Washington. Ashton Honore of Iowa City West or Cash Hauser of West Delaware? I guess I have to go first this time, huh? Um, I'm going to go with the money, Cash Hauser. Okay. Um, Honore from West. Who is the other one? Uh, it's Mahoney from Washington, Cedar Rapids, Washington. Honore from Iowa City West and Cash Hauser of West Delaware. Mahoney's the one with three defensive touchdowns, right? Correct. All right, so I'm going to go with Honore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cash Hauser has five. Uh, Chase Mahoney has five and a half. And Ashton Honore leads the three of them with six and a half sacks for Iowa City West. Smart and, I'm assuming he's related to Carlos Honore. I thought I heard that in the press box. Carlos Honore was a, a, a standout, a really, really good player for Iowa City West uh, quite a few years ago. He'd probably um, be old enough that uh, Carlos could probably be a son. It might, might be a son. I just remember hearing somebody uh, mention or, or ask if that was a relation. So, um Certainly, uh, the the honorary name has uh, made some contributions to to the West football program. Uh, most interceptions uh, for an individual. We have Jack Wagemeister of uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie, Kane Brown of Mid Prairie, or Derek Weisskopf of Williamsburg. Oh boy! Yep, your turn. Um, got two really good high jumpers in this group. I'm going to go with Kane Brown from Missouri. Okay. I'm going to agree with Jeff. I think uh, Wagamester's got at least three the last time I checked, but I think Jeff's right. So I'm going to tail him here. 
Okay. Uh, so you guys went with Kane Brown. He has four. Jack Wagamaster, who is a uh, son uh, of Doug Wagamaster uh, of Kirkwood. Uh, he also has four. But Derek Weisskopf of Williamsburg has five picks. So he leads the way there. Uh, now, this is one I really don't expect you guys to get, but you never know. Uh, punting average. Who has the best punting average out of these three? Blake Timmons of Solon, Preston Reese of Monticello, or Nolan DeLong of Durant? And those are three uh, guys probably not necessarily known for their punting since they, uh, they are versatile players. Timmons and Reese as quarterbacks, DeLong as a running back, but all three of them have pretty impressive uh, punting averages and uh, pretty close to one another. Mike Timmons. I'm going to go with Timmons if nothing else is because they've got a turf field and he might get some better bounces. Oh, there you go. Nah, impressive. And you both would be correct. Blake Timmons. Blake Timmons averages 41.9 yards per punt. Preston Reese, 39.7. And Nolan DeLong at 39.5. So those guys, uh, really good punters in addition to their impressive uh, play at other offensive positions. So, all right. Any parting words? Any uh, advice or Final thoughts? Um, really interested to see how, how the playoffs, you know, when those uh, when those get announced, uh, what those pairings look like. Uh, we were talking about MFL a little bit earlier. I was doing some doing some looking around here. So they, I would say if things shake out the way they probably should, somebody's going to have like a two-and-a-half-hour bus trip to Monona next week. Uh, I think the two – Really, it's beautiful up there this time of year. So, yeah, we uh, we actually went up to uh, to Bellevue last week uh, on on Sunday, and we went to um, the Bellevue State Park. Boy, that's kind of a hidden gem. I've I've never been up there. I hadn't been up there in in forty years, but it's uh, it's really neat. I'm going to go personal, too, and wish KJ and Chris Pilcher happy 20th yeah. anniversary. It's a milestone well anniversary, 20. And also, uh, my wife had a birthday yesterday. So, happy birthday, oh, Nicole, happy birthday as well. Nicole. So, well happy there, birthday to Hope you fixed her some tater tot casserole. And... <laughs> I fed her beer. Oh, <laughs> man, that works, too. I mentioned the tater tot casserole because – we were lucky enough to have it when uh, JJ made it for for us, and it was delicious. So JJ does well. That's the only thing I can cook. So that, awesome. that's it. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for watching us again and putting up with us week after week. We love doing this for for you guys, and uh, uh, you know, love uh, shining a spotlight on our area athletes and, and coaches. Uh, hope you guys get out to some games. If you don't, make sure to follow us along. Uh, you can follow Jeff uh, Linder at JT Linder uh, on Twitter. Jeff Johnson's at JEJE66. And, of course, 
for myself, it's at KJ Pilcher. Uh, follow along and then find all our stuff at gazette.com. Uh, thanks again, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Make sure you tune in next week as we get ready for the playoffs and the small classes and the regular season finale and the big ones. And uh, as always, thanks for watching. Keep your head on the swivel. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.